book of Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. We're going to kind of reference, there's several verses, pretty much all of our Scripture tonight is going to be in the book of Malachi. We're not going to read through the whole thing, but if you uh, ever read through the book of Malachi, I challenge you to do that sometimes. And one of the things that you will see in this uh, this whole book of the Bible, it's a short book of the Bible, four chapters, you see the prophet Malachi, he's going and giving these people a message from God. And of course, um, God's not happy with Israel right now. God's not pleased with what's going on. And one of the things that you see throughout this passage is whenever they are, you know, the fingers kind of pointed in their face and they're confronted with something wrong that they're doing, we see them acting very clueless about it. They, like, what's my problem? What's going on? Have you ever done that with your kids before? I mean, they can be standing there. I mean, they could be, you know, punching holes in the wall, and you start yelling at them. They look at you like, "What I do? You know, what, what's going on? I didn't do, no, I didn't do nothing. Why are you yelling at me? Why am I in trouble?" And you know, and you go and you just try to talk to them, and you try to get through them. And, hey, you've got a problem right here, and it just seems like they don't see it. And boy, I tell you, we, that's going on all over in the world today. Is you know, you see people, and a lot of times it can be kind of frustrating as a pastor. Uh, you know, you're trying. Sometimes, you know, you're thinking, "Oh man, you know, you, you want to help people, all right?" And you know, we believe in using the Word of God to help people. And uh, you see people are struggling in a certain area. Maybe it's an, even an area where you've struggled in the past, and you're thinking, "You know, this passage of Scripture really helped me." Or maybe, uh, maybe you know, I heard uh, it was a message that I heard somebody else preach, and it really changed my life, and it helped me get on the right path in this area and you know so you get all excited and Sunday comes like I'm going to preach this message and it's going to enlighten that person and uh, they're going to you know get victory over this problem and you go boy and you preach it and it just right over the head I mean they miss it or it, it hits them but it bounces right off them they kind of deflect it and then they just you know they act like hey you know that's that's not me and you know what it is, and it, it can be it can be frustrating as a pastor, as a parent, um, maybe as a coworker, uh, maybe you're having a conflict with somebody, and they they've got a problem, they're doing something wrong, and you try to tell them about it, and they just don't see it, and that's how Israel was in Malachi. We're going to look at just the uh, mention some areas where they were completely clueless, and it says in Malachi verse one. Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob? We see Lord right here the Lord starts it off. And He's getting ready to rebuke him. He's getting ready to get on to him. And you know, I like what He does. He first tells him, hey, I love you. It's a good thing for a parent, you know, maybe before you chew your kid out. Hey, I love you. But we got a problem here. And uh, and God's getting ready, He's getting ready to rebuke them. He's getting ready to uh tell them what their problem is, but before he does, he says, I have loved you. And he's not just saying that I do love you, but I I have loved you. He's shown them his love. He's been good to them. And then when he tells them that 
They're completely clueless about God's feeling for them. And they say, wherein hast thou loved us? Lord, what have you done for us? Well, I tell you what, you know, parents, uh, you kind of get, you know, hey, look at all I've done for you. What have you done for me, mom and dad? Oh, well, you know, well, first of all, we brought you into this world. You know, second of all, you know, we, hey, I've been working and paying the bills, and you know, we, I mean, you, and you, you start naming off all those things. It's pretty frustrating as a parent when you see that they just are completely clueless, and you try to tell them about all these things. They don't sit still, girls. All right, don't move around. Look this way, and. It's it's first like you miss that. Hey, you you understand that uh, you know this is something that that we do out of love for you, not just because we have to. We want to do this, and I tell you, God has been good to us. God's been good to America. God has shown His love for us as a nation. I believe a lot of the blessings that we're receiving right now. And I tell you, this scares me a little bit. But you know, we see in the Bible that the blessings of the Father and uh, the curses of the Father they're passed on to the third and fourth generation. We see that, and I tell you, we have a very good legacy in this country, a very good history. And I believe one of the reasons that we're, st- I think, we're still being blessed as a result of some of our forefathers. But you know what? We're getting close to the end of that third and fourth generation. We've not been doing real good for a long time. And God has loved us. Boy, He has shown us His love. And we're not, we haven't responded to it real well. And I'm afraid that our time's about up on the blessings unless we start changing real quick. And it's, it's not looking real good right now. But uh, Israel, they were, uh, they were clueless about God's feeling for them. Also, they were clueless about their lack of honor for the things of God. It says in verse 6, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts, unto you, uh, o priest that despise my name? And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Once again, what did we do? God said, You despise my name. We haven't done that. Wherein have we done that? And, oh boy, it's. So that's frustrating. It says, A son honoreth his father. You know, I mean, kids, they can be, you know, back talking their parents. I mean, just talking cruel to them. Not listening to them one bit, and they're like, "Hey, you're supposed to honor your parents. I've honored you. I don't see what I've done wrong." And that's kind of how Israel is. I mean, Israel—it's almost like they are a country of teenagers. I mean, just they don't get how they haven't honored. They—they don't get how they haven't respected. uh, They haven't respected God. God says, "You've despised my name," and they didn't see it. And also we see that they were clueless about how God was angry with them and His coming judgment. You know, one thing, kids, they can usually pick up on whether or not their parents are angry or not. You know, they know, a lot of times they know how far they can push. They know, they, they kind of know the limits. But then there's other times it's like, boy, don't you realize that I'm really upset with you. And you better straighten up your act. We see here in chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet ye say, 
Wherein have we wearied Him? When ye say every one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and He delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? What I tell you, and I think this right here, boy, this describes America very, very, very well. It's real easy for us to look around in our country and say, you know what, God's not mad at us. God's being good to us. Our God's being good to us. God, so that means God is okay with what we're doing. And the Bible says that God was wearied with their words. You know, that's quite an accomplishment to weary God. But we can do that. We can do that with what we say, with what we do. Girls, pay attention, Chloe. With what, and we do it all the time. And right here, these people, it says you've done it when you say that everyone that doeth evil in the sight of, or is, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. That's going on in our country today. We live in a country that celebrates and is embracing things like homosexuality. I mean, we live in a country that where we are letting prisoners go and have surgeries and things to turn them into another gender. I don't know if you heard that story. But I couldn't believe that when I heard that. You know what? Our tax dollars are probably paying for it. And we're supposed to celebrate that stuff. And I mean, it's shoved down our throats every day. You can't watch the news. I mean, constantly on the news, we're seeing all these things about, you know, uh, gay marriage and stuff, and these people trying to, you know, have their rights and just make it look wonderful and talking about how good it is and how great it is. And it is an abomination still. And it always will be an abomination. And I'm here to tell you that God is not okay with that. But people keep saying it's good. And I believe that we're wearying God when it comes to this. And it's not that we're making God physically tired, but we're wearing out His patience is what we're doing. We're wearing out His mercy that He's showing us. And then it says, where is the, they said, where is the God of judgment? You know, it would be, it's, it's like because things aren't you know, horrible because fire and brimstone is not falling from the sky like it did on Sodom and Gomorrah. People think it must be okay. A lot of times children will do that. They'll be doing something they're not supposed to do. And sometimes parents, you know, we get a little preoccupied. Sometimes we, sometimes you just don't feel like punishing your kids. Sometimes you just kind of get lazy and you kind of let things go. And kids, they get to doing stuff and they're thinking, hey, mom and dad must not care. They're not doing anything about it. I tell you, my boys, they've gotten trouble in the past. Uh, you know, they, whenever we go on trips and things, they like to get a little hyper and antsy, and it just, it drives me nuts when I'm driving and they're misbehaving in the back of the car. They know there's nothing I can do about it, and so it's like they just keep going, and the last thing I want to do, especially if somebody else is in the car with me, is to be constantly yelling to the back. <laughs> and it's very, it's very frustrating. And there's been times when they're back there, and I'm, I'm telling them, in a nice way. I'm not yelling. I'm not making a big deal. And I tell you, whenever we're in public, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't scream at my kids in public. I use the still small voice. And when it doesn't work, it makes me very upset. And then, when we get home, they get the loud voice. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, and that's kind of how it is right now. It's like God's not screaming at us. So we think, ah, it's okay. It's no big deal. And I remember, you know, there's been times I've been thinking, I'm speaking softly to the kids. I'm thinking, boy, if you knew 
what was going through my mind right now, you would be responding very differently to what I'm saying. And I think if we knew what God was really thinking in this country, I think we'd back off a little bit. But because say, where is the God of judgment? And we know from our messages we've been talking, studying on Wednesday, the God of judgment is coming. He's coming. It's not going to be long, and it's not going to be pretty. But Israel, they were clueless about it. They were clueless about what they needed to do to get right with God. Malachi three seven says, "Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you," saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, "Wherein shall we return?" They said, "What do we need to do?" What you know? What what are we doing wrong? What do we even need to do to get right? What do you ex, what do you expect? I mean, have you ever done that? I mean, you're going and you're just I mean, you're giving your kids a speech and boy, you're just I mean, you're laying down the law and you're like you've been doing this and you've been doing that and this has got to stop and you go and you've given them all these instructions and you finally give them a chance to talk and they're like, Mom, Dad, what do you even expect from me? Didn't you hear what I was just yelling about for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> and, it, and it's it's like clueless. And that's how Israel is. God's been getting on to them. He says, you've gone away from My ordinances. You've not been following My law. And it was to the point where there were so many things they were doing wrong. God didn't. I mean, God wasn't wasn't going to go and just name every little thing. And but because He didn't get specific, they played dumb. And they're just acting like I. I don't see what the problem is. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you even expect me to do. And that's how people are these days, boy. I mean, just living in sin. And a lot of times, unfortunately, people they look at religion, they look at God as just kind of fire insurance, I guess you could say, from hell. All right, fine. I'm a sinner. I'll get saved. That way, I don't have to worry about going to hell. But I'm not planning on changing anything. And by the way, when they do that, they're not asking God into their heart. They're not asking Him. When you ask God in your heart, that's asking Him to be the center of your life. That means He's the focal point. And when you, a lot of people, I think what they're doing is they're asking God into their head. Okay, I'll acknowledge that there's a God. I'll acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior. I got that. I got it on the head. But they don't have it in the heart. And it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness, not the head. And in most religion, people will tell you Jesus is the way to heaven. Yeah, we're all sinners. They got it. They got all the answers. They could they could win the trivia contest on how to get saved, but they don't have them in their heart. And uh, and then if you try to talk to them about what they need, I don't even I don't see what I even need to do. I'm doing everything fine. I go to church. Hey, you know, I'm a good person. And, but Israel, they were the same way they were clueless. They acted like they didn't know what they needed to do to get right with God. And so God gets specific with them. He gets specific. Kind of like teenagers. They want you all the time to, you know, you, you gotta like get specific. And you better get, and with teenagers too, you've gotta make sure you get every one of your little details right. Or they'll throw it out. It's like I mean, they could sass their mom. I mean, they could. I mean, they could have you know smacked her across the face, 
and called her a name. But when you're calling them out on it, if you use the, you know, if you say you called your mom and you use the wrong name, I didn't do that. How dare you accuse me? And you, know, you got to get if you don't get it exactly right, they'll act like you're falsely accusing them of everything, and you just missed one little detail. <laughs> and uh, I've seen it. I've seen adults do that before. And uh, I'm, I've, I'm not going to go into some of those stories. But boy, you just got to get every little thing right. Otherwise, they'll play dumb to the whole thing. And so Israel, they're kind of the same way. Hey. Wherein shall we return? What have we done wrong? So God gets specific with them in the very next verse, in verse 8. Alright, you want to know how you need to return? You want to know how you need to get right? Well, first of all, let's look at one thing that you've been doing. In verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? We haven't done that. We haven't robbed you. And God says, In tithes and offerings, ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. God's like, fine, I'll get specific, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you where it hurts. In the wallet. You've robbed me. We haven't done that. Yeah, you have. In tithes and offerings. You haven't been given those to me. And God call God calls them out on it. He had to get specific, and they still you know they're acting like, hey, we didn't do anything wrong. You know, we're we're okay. We haven't robbed you. We didn't break into heaven. And go walk out with a bunch of stuff, you know. And uh, they're just playing dumb to the whole thing, and that's where many people are today. You know, they'll they'll hear preaching. You can show them the Word of God. I mean, it's there's. I've seen many people in the past who have left the church because they didn't like something that was being preached. Maybe they didn't like that the preacher preached on certain subjects, and they're like, hey, you know, and they want to go to a church that doesn't preach on that. But you go and you show them. Well, well, look. You know the Bible says. This, look, this is what the Bible says. Yeah, but uh, you know, I don't like that. You know, listen. Sin's a sin. No matter where you go, no matter what church you're in, sin's a sin. Just because one preaches on it and another doesn't, doesn't make it okay. All of a sudden, it might make you feel a little better about doing that sin if you don't have to be reminded of it all the time. But sin is a sin. And it's like people, they don't like it when you get real specific. When you show them the Word of God. And in many churches today, it's very rare that you will hear a pastor get specific on sins. They'll talk about sins. You know, big general things that could apply to everybody. Because we don't want to make anybody feel bad about something. Right, we can't we can't do that. We can't have that. And so they'll be real general about things and they don't like it when you get specific. Because then it's harder to play dumb. If you talk real general, you know, he's talking about somebody else's sin. You know, he's he's talking about their sin. But when you get specific, it's like, oh that that's what gets you. And that's that's not fun. And uh, and God did that to them. God got specific. And the Holy Spirit, He gets specific sometimes. You know, it's, there's been times where, uh, I've been convicted about something in a message that didn't even get preached about. My dad, he's talked about it, and I've had the same thing. He always would talk about how he would have people, he had somebody come to him one time, and they were mad at him for preaching on something. And my dad was like, I don't remember preaching on that. 
They didn't like it that he got on a specific sin. He's like, man, I, I don't think I preached it. And they're like, yes, you did. Well, he recorded the messages. So my dad said he went back and he listened. Uh, he listened to the tape to find see because he didn't remember saying that. And he listened to it. And he never said it. And you know, you know who said it? The Holy Spirit said it. He was getting general. He was showing some Scriptures. But the Holy Spirit got specific and pointed out that sin to them. And they didn't like it. I tell you, it's exciting. There's been many times I've been going through the plan of salvation. And when I go through the plan of salvation with people, I'll talk about sin. And I rarely give examples of sin. Unless, probably the only time I do is if it's maybe a younger child to help explain to them what sin is. Just and but you know I think most adults we know what sin is. And you know there's been many many times when I've been talking to somebody about salvation and they and they will ask, does that mean I need to quit and they'll name a sin. And I never said a word about it, but the Holy Spirit does. He points out sins that in people's lives. He convicts them of sin. I would, I would never, when I give somebody the plan of salvation, I don't go to them and say, listen, if you want to get saved, you gotta split, you know, you got, you can't smoke, drink, or chew, or hang with those who do, you know, and just name off a bunch of list of rules. Okay? I don't do that. First of all, there's so many rules, it would take forever to go through all of them. The Holy Spirit, though, He does that. He points out those sins in their life. And He'll get specific. And it's it's exciting sometimes how people that you they never heard preaching maybe about something being a sin, and they will stop doing it when they get saved because the Holy Spirit spoke to them about it. Then there's been other people I've talked to didn't say a word about certain sins, and then they will be like, "Does that mean I'm going to have to quit doing this sin?" And once again, salvation you, you don't earn it. Okay, you don't get saved by not doing a certain sin anymore. Okay, if somebody's if, if they're committing the sin of you know drinking alcohol, it's like, does that mean I have to quit drinking alcohol? Well, not drinking alcohol for the rest of your life will not save you. But let me tell you, if the Lord's convicting you of that, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yes, you need you need to be willing to give up whatever sin He points out in your life. And there's been many times when people, I've had people tell me, I'm not going to quit doing that. And when they tell me that, I, that's when I just I kind of back off and say, listen, you've got to be willing to give up your sin. Are you guys going to let me go to hell just because of this? Listen, you know, God, we're all we all deserve hell because of our sin. We've got to admit that it's sin. And you saying you're not willing to give it up, whether you, whether you think this or not, you're basically saying that God is not being fair to you. You're basically saying that it's not a sin or that sin is not a big deal. You know, I think everybody would agree if we, if we were to make a rule in our religion, and some, rule, some religions have rules like this. Well, for example, uh, one, and, and I know in the Catholic Church, you know, suicide. You commit suicide, you're going to hell. Well, people are okay with that sin. All right, yeah, that's bad. You shouldn't kill yourself. 
You know, we need to respect ourselves and you know, that makes us feel good because we're valuable and all that. And yeah, if you commit suicide, yeah, that's, that's automatic hell. Okay? I, uh, we, they make rules like that. Or if we, in our religion, we made up a rule that says, if you're gonna get saved, you can never murder anybody for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. Alright, uh, I can live with that. That's okay. But what about, hey, if you wanna be saved, you can never even think bad about somebody. Everyone, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out. We got a problem here now. I don't like that rule. That's too hard. Not killing myself, that's easy. I don't want to kill myself. <laughs> now, you know, not killing somebody else, that was a little tough sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we like those rules, but when it comes to some of those little things, you know, whosoever hates his brother without a cause, he's, he's murdered him in his heart. Those ones we don't like. And that's why when it comes to salvation, we, you know, we rely on His righteousness, not our righteousness. But if, and if we're not willing to recognize, point out that we are a sinner and that we deserve hell, and if we're not willing to give up anything when the Holy Spirit gets specific, then you're not going to get saved. So it's not about following the rules. It's about a heart condition. And Israel, in this passage, they're at the state where God gets specific and they didn't like it. I'm not doing that. Hey, I'm not, I'm not hurting anything. I'm not, I'm not doing anything that's, that's bad. It's no big deal. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't done anything like that. But God was upset with them. God told them, He said, you're cursed with a curse. In the book of Malachi, it's the last, um, it's the last book of the Bible before the New Testament. It was another four, it was 400 years later, I believe, that Jesus Christ came. That next 400 years for Israel was not a pleasant time. It was a horrible time for them. They were wicked and they paid dearly. And God's given them a final warning and they were at a point at this final warning where they just didn't see it. They didn't see it. And then lastly, they were clueless about the fact that they were not only doing all these things wrong that we've been talking about, but they were working against God. Israel, that I mean the the nation that God loved, God's chosen people were working against God. Malachi three thirteen says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? They're like, we haven't said anything against you. And then verse 14, ye have said it is vain to serve God. He's getting specific again. And what profit is it that we have kept His ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? Uh, he, he goes and he gets specific. He starts naming these things that they have said against Him. And I tell you, we are at that point today, I believe, in America where not only are we just clueless about the fact that God has loved us. Not only are we clueless about the fact that we have failed to honor God, not only are we clueless about the fact that God is angry with us and that His judgment is coming, not only are we clueless about what we need to do to get right with God, not only are we clueless about the specifics that God is showing us where we are going wrong, but we are clueless about the fact that we are now officially working against God. 
America, who for so many years, I mean, we've stood for right. We've, I mean, we've been a nation that sent missionaries out all over the world and been an influence for good. And now, more than any place in the world, we are promoting wickedness. Our influence that goes all over through things like Hollywood and our news media and stuff and the internet. Where our our influence is going all over the world, and unfortunately, it's not for good anymore. It's for evil, and. Israel, they were the same way. And they didn't, they didn't see it. We haven't spoken against you. If you went to most of these people today that are promoting this wickedness that's going on, and you said, hey, you are an enemy of God. Not only are you just an enemy of God, where God is not pleased with you, you don't like God. You are fighting against... No, I'm not. Hey, you know, How many times do you hear these politicians and stuff? It's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Religion. Now, I haven't got anything against religion. Yes, you do. Hey, I'm all for God. People want to worship God or Allah or whoever. Hey, I'm all for that. I respect people's right for that. They say all that stuff that sounds good. It's like, no, you're not. What you're promoting is so far from God. It is against what God has commanded. It is stuff that God will have to punish our nation for. You are not on the side of God. I'm sorry. And that's where Israel was, but yet they didn't see it. And the result was 400 silent years. But thank, thank the Lord, after about 400 years, He sent along a man named John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord who preached repentance, who preached against sin, and he, I mean, and he was he was unfiltered, boy. I mean, he he called it out against whoever. He did it to Herod and Herodias. He called out his sin, and boy, his wife didn't like that. She got mad. She's the one that got her daughter to ask for his head. How dare this guy call me a sinner? How dare he do that? And he died as a result of that. But John the Baptist, he did a wonderful thing. He prepared the hearts of the people to receive the Messiah. He, he did that and Jesus Christ came. But there was, it was pretty rough before that. And we are heading right now for a period of time. It's going to be bad. It's only going to be seven years. But those seven years are going to be worse than that 400 years. And tell you one thing that we need to do, while we can't necessarily fix the whole country right here tonight, we can make sure we don't do this. We can make sure that we're not clueless, that we will keep our minds open and we will honestly and sincerely seek after the will of God and make sure we're doing it right. As the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way. I mean, don't you look to see if there's any wicked way because you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Ask God, say, Lord, you search me and you show me what's wrong. And be careful because He will do that. But you need to be willing. And after that, He does. You need to be willing to listen. So let's all stand together tonight.